This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. Hi, my name is Kathleen Engel. I'm a professor here at Suffolk Law School and also the Associate Dean for Intellectual Life. I am going to talk about the most recent decision by the SJC that relates to the foreclosure crisis in Massachusetts. I've spent many years looking at the relationship between what happened in Wall Street during the subprime lending boom and what impact the financing of these subprime loans has had on communities throughout the country. I recently published a book called The Subprime Virus that details these relationships. So the first thing I want to say about the SJC decision is that this is really the consequence of the way that the financing of mortgages was happening on Wall Street over the last 10 years. Essentially what happened is that the money flew very quickly from Wall Street firms to borrowers, but the paperwork didn't move with the same speed. Money can fly over the internet and through cyberspace, but mortgages and loans are very paper intensive. And although all of the financing was happening in a very efficient way, a lot of the documentation that would secure the owners of the loans interest in the property and give them a right to foreclose on the property in the case of default was handled in a very, very sloppy manner. And that's really what Massachusetts is now having to face. The fact that there are foreclosures taking place, proceedings that are being initiated by entities that actually may not have the right to foreclose. And the Bevilacqua decision, which came down this week, reflects this problem. So the Bevilacqua decision is part of a trilogy of cases. The first case was Abanez, which the SJC decided last year. And in Abanez, the question was whether an entity that attempted a foreclosure could actually have the right to foreclose, the power to foreclose, if the mortgage had not been assigned to them prior to the time they initiated the foreclosure action. So just to step back for one second, Massachusetts is a non-judicial foreclosure state, which means that the court is not involved with the foreclosure except in a very, very narrow aspect, which has to do with whether a homeowner is in the military. But separate from that, the proceeding is all outside the judiciary. There are two documents that are key in terms of the right to foreclose. One is the mortgage and the other is the note. To be a holder of the mortgage, the mortgage has to be assigned to you. And to be the holder of the note, one of the things that has to be done is that the note has to be endorsed to you or endorsed as bearer paper in very much the same way that a check is endorsed. So the question that came up in the Abanez case was if the bank had the right to foreclose if the mortgage hadn't yet been assigned to the bank. And in that ruling, the court said that the assignment of the mortgage had to take place prior to the time that the foreclosing entity started the foreclosure proceeding. So in other words, the failure to have the note assigned at the beginning of the foreclosure proceeding precluded the lender from having the right to foreclose. Bevilacqua is the second case in the trilogy of cases. In Bevilacqua, the issue was, what is the power of a third-party purchaser at foreclosure to get their title cleared if the lender did not have the mortgage assigned at the time the foreclosure process began? In Bevilacqua, 
the plaintiff in the case had purchased property at a foreclosure sale. Unbeknownst to him, the property didn't have good title. And it didn't have good title because there was a problem with the original assignment of the mortgage. The plaintiff then invested a lot of money in the property, still not knowing he didn't have good title. He put a couple hundred thousand dollars into the property, developed it into condominiums, and then went to sell the condominiums and learned that he didn't have good title. So he went to court to try to clear the title. And the question was, did he have standing to go into the court and get clear title? And the SJC said that he did not have the power to assert a claim to clear title. And without going into a lot of detail, essentially what the court was saying was, this isn't the right procedure to resolve the issue of bad title, or in that case, no title. Mr. Bevilacqua was kind of in a jam. Here he owns this property, but he doesn't have good title to it. What should he do? And the court did give some suggestion of ways that he might be able to clean up his title, but it's very complicated. And the court did not say that absolutely the proposal that they suggested would work. So this is the second case, Bevilacqua. The third case, the court just heard oral arguments on a couple weeks ago, which is the Eaton case. And in the Eaton case, the situation is really the reverse of Ibanez. In Ibanez, the foreclosing entity had the note, but didn't have the assignment of the mortgage. In Eaton, the foreclosing entity had the mortgage, but the note was not properly endorsed, and they didn't hold the note. So this means that the court has to answer the question whether an entity can foreclose on a mortgage if they don't have the note, if they are not the holders of the note. And no one knows how this decision is going to come down. It really depends on whether the court rules that the note follows the mortgage. If the court does rule that way, then the Eaton case would ultimately favor the banks or the entities that are foreclosing. So this trilogy of cases is incredibly important for a couple of reasons. One is that it highlights the challenge that the judiciary faces and the communities face in a judicial versus a non-judicial jurisdiction. If this were a judicial foreclosure state, there would be finality to the foreclosure proceeding and the title issues would primarily be resolved at the time of the judgment of foreclosure. In a non-judicial foreclosure state, there isn't any finality and the problems with title can persist really for infinity. Another reason that this is very important is that the economic recovery depends critically on recovery of the housing markets. And our housing market is not going to recover while we have all of this uncertainty in terms of the foreclosures. There are thousands of people, I would guess, in the state who have purchased property at foreclosure sales who may not have good title, which means they may not be able to sell their property, they may have difficulty refinancing or financing their property, and the skepticism and concern that people have about getting good title to property may mean that there aren't buyers at foreclosure sales. And if there aren't buyers at foreclosure sales, property can remain vacant, it can become havens for drugs and other criminal activity. And even if the property doesn't become abandoned and neglected, it still isn't being put to its best use. Maybe the lender will maintain the property, 
Maybe it will be rented out or something like that, but it's still not being put into good use in terms of having it sold and having a homeowner there who's going to care about the property. So there are serious community consequences to these decisions, and it's very easy to say that it's the fault of the courts that these foreclosure problems are continuing. But it really, the fault goes back to Wall Street when Wall Street made a decision to finance these loans and make sure that the money was moving through the securitization chain, but failed to think about what the legal implications were of not keeping track of the paperwork. Last week, we had a very interesting conference, almost standing room only here at Suffolk Law School called Foreclosure Fiasco. And at that conference, we discussed what the community effects were of the problems with the faulty documentation and also what the different legal claims are that are floating around in the courts. And I invite people to go to the Suffolk website. We'll soon have up there the proceedings of the conference on video and you can see the discussions by the various presenters. Thank you very much. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.